Release date, October 14th, 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of TBD Sportscast College Football with your host, I'm Mason. And to start off this episode today, we have a special announcement from TBD analyst Joey Mondello. Ladies and gentlemen, um, it's been about, I think, roughly two, two and a half years of TBD Sportscast working with Mason on growing, developing, and creating a great podcast program and a great fan base as well. Although still small, there's still a lot of progression that has happened and development, and I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart for that. With all that being said, um, I will have to step away for the remainder of this season. School is always a number one priority for me, for my family, and between me and Mason. This was a very difficult decision. A lot came down to making this decision, and it was not easy to do. But when it came down to it, I had to focus on my future, my career, and my mental health. Back there, you see my bed. I rarely got to be in that bed for more than five hours due to homework, work, and, you know, schoolwork, observations, and stuff like that. And, you know, that played a big part in the decision that I've had to make. But no worries, I'm not completely gone. Uh, I will still take part in, you know, making picks and maybe dropping in here and there uh, to give my opinion on some, some big deal games. You never know. Again, I really appreciate y'all and the support. It's always big with this show that know if you ever need to talk about mental health or anything like that you can always reach out to us because i am your living proof <laughs> i really appreciate y'all i'll see y'all soon bye-bye thank you joey of course we're really sad to see joey go you know but school comes first we understand you got to have priorities and that priority comes first and you know what? We know that Joey's not leaving for good. You know, he just got to go get some stuff done and he'll be back. And he's still a member of TBD Sportscast, no doubt. He is not officially, you know, leaving or anything. He's just not going to be a part of the podcast uh, here every week in a, you know, very heavy capacity. But with that being said, I'm super excited to announce that we are bringing on TBD analyst Isaac Williams onto the podcast on a weekly, full time basis. And we're super excited to have him. So, ladies and gentlemen, here he is. Isaac freaking Williams. What up, dude? Hey, Mason. Thank you so much, man. I, I'm looking forward for the opportunity to be on TBD, and I uh, just can't wait to talk about some college football. Of course, man. And uh, we just want to welcome you and all of our listeners to episode nine of season three. This episode entitled Week Seven, obviously, because we're heading into week seven. And uh, we want to talk about week six real quick. Uh, we want to start off with our pick records. Uh, me, me, you know, losing one and going back in the record. <laughs> And at six and four for the week, and Isaac coming in at seven and three. How do you feel about that, bro? I feel pretty good. Uh, I would rather have been eight and two if LSU got the win, but uh, seven and three, I'll take it, man. Well, what are you gonna do? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was definitely an interesting week. And uh, speaking of LSU, we want to go ahead and run through the LSU Tennessee game. I mean, there really wasn't much there from LSU. It was kind of a blowout. But like from an analyst, like yeah, like, you can talk about it from a fan and an analyst point of view. But like from an analyst point of view, like how how did you feel? Like what did you see from from my point of view? Uh, I'll be honest. I think that game was 
all but over before it even started. Given the performance, you know, there were all the comments about, oh, start time and day game, night game, XYZ at Tiger Stadium. But at the end of the day, you know, LSU essentially gave Tennessee both uh, opening possession in both halves, you know, fumbling the opening kickoff, giving them, you know, less than 30 yards to work with. And they were able to score, you know, less than three minutes in and then, you know, get off to a slow start on offense, which seems to be a recurring theme with the Tigers this year. And, you know, LSU kind of set the tone for Tennessee in their in their favor. And uh, the Vols, they, they take advantage of it. Absolutely, man. I completely agree with you. I, I was not going to lie. I was really kind of pulling for LSU in that game because, you know, being and I know you were too, but for different reasons. Isaac pulling for LSU simply because he's an LSU fan. Me pulling for LSU because I'm trying to see every team in the East, especially ones that are undefeated, take the L. Uh, Tennessee is like the one team that has not taken the L in the East besides Georgia. Uh, and I'll, Wait, well, nope, besides Georgia. So I'm really looking for Tennessee to take an L, which uh, we're going to talk about later when we get to the big week seven games. But, yeah, I mean, there's not really much to say about that. I feel like just LSU just kept shooting themselves in the foot, you know, giving up fumbles and, I mean, going forward on fourth and fourth downs and not getting – I mean, if you're going to do it, you got to play smart. I remember there was one play where Brian Kelly was just so mad because, you know, you're fourth and one, just run the ball, and Hendon Hooker tries to go deep. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I'd be mad too. So just just crazy stuff like that. And what was it that you – Isaac was blowing up the chat because during the uh, post game, what was it that Brian kept saying that made you so mad? <laughs> He he and he's done this more than once. He did it against Florida State in the post game also. But he keeps saying they need to coach better, and it, it, that's the phrase. He needs to coach better. They have to coach better. It comes down to coaching. At the end of the day, it's like okay, quit talking about it and just go do it. Yeah, bro, we've been doing it for six weeks. Like you just gotta <laughs> fig, fig, figure it out, man. Come on. Uh, moving on, uh, Texas OU. This is a game that I was not. I mean, this is—I don't think anybody expected this. I mean, nobody expected Texas to blow out Oklahoma. Joey even picked Oklahoma to win last week. Luckily for our records, me and you both picked Texas to win, and we were right. I saw that coming, uh, especially with the return of Quinn Ewers. And one thing that is crazy about this game is we just saw how good Texas can be and how amazing Quinn Ewers is. I mean, he—he he was dropping dimes left and right. The run game was awesome. Also, Oklahoma just has no defense, so. I, I, I don't I don't think so, bro. <laughs> like Oklahoma was bad, man. Like what like what were some things that I mean? Did you see anything in that game? Uh, honestly, I didn't see a whole lot of defense from Oklahoma, like you just said. But nope. Uh, you know, all in all, looking at Texas' performance, you know, it, it, they reminded me of the team that played Alabama, you know, four weeks ago, and they came out swinging and they never let up. You know, of course, Alabama's a different beast, but at the end of the day. They played very similarly, except in this case, they played a team with no defense and put the beat down on them. Uh, it leaves you to wonder, in, in my opinion, it leaves you to wonder if if Quinn Ewers would have been healthy this whole time since that game. You know, where would Texas be in the rankings? Would they be higher up in the Big Twelve? Would they be higher up? You know, in the top twenty-five. I mean, you have to wonder. And I mean, we like to say here at TBD Sportscast too that you can't pin an entire team like how well they do on just one player, but. I think that Texas would be undefeated if Quinn Ewers hadn't got hurt against Bama. I think that they would have won that. The way that, that Texas was playing that day against Bama, I, especially in the heat, I think I think Texas would have would have won that game by at least ten points. I, I especially if like like specifically if Quinn Ewers had not gotten hurt. But 
I, I don't know, man. I mean, you can't, like it's like you said, you can't just pin it all on one player, but that's that's what it seems to look like. Uh, next up, I'll just take this one really quickly. Just talk about UGA Auburn really quickly, the Deep South's oldest rivalry, obviously. Uh, this is like the sixth win in a row that Georgia's gotten over Auburn. Uh, we're looking good, getting back up in the rankings, obviously slipping back up to number one. Awesome day for us. Uh, first half was a little lackluster, only scored 14 points in the second quarter, but man, you know, our run game was pushing all day we only had rushing touchdowns which scares me because uh we have no wide receivers we're still waiting on ad mitchell to get back and some and arian smith uh but until we do get those guys back it'll be a little bit rough in the wide receiver game we really need to get brock bowers and darnell washington uh involved in the scheme a little bit more it seems like they get one to two catches you know real big catches a game now and we just need to have them way more involved it needs to be closer to like six or seven catches each of them per game so yeah but UGA getting back to where they need to be that's good especially you know my, my favorite play of that game is Stetson Bennett's 70 yard touchdown run that was crazy I mean I just saw him broke open in the flat dude and he was he saw green nothing but green grass in front of him man he, he slipped the defender lad caught a block on the edge and uh Stetson was able to get in the end zone which was awesome but yeah I, I'm not I'm not as worried as I was I said last week I said they have got to beat Auburn very, very, very convincingly to prove they still are the number one team in the country. They came out and they did it. So, boom. All right, last last game we're going to talk about. This is probably one that freaking pissed me off the most last weekend, dude. Texas A&M at Alabama. I said last week that this would be upset of the year if Texas A&M could manage to beat Alabama in Bryant-Denny. And I, I just want to know why you throw a corner route from the two-yard line, when you got Devin A. Chain, like in the slot, I just, I just don't understand why. I was, I screamed, bro. Like I'm not joking. I screamed, bro. I'm in my truck after a band competition. Just got back, and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I mean, literally, you get, you get given, like, the gift from God, bro. You get a pass interference call on fourth down. You get three seconds left from the two-yard line to run a play. You got one of the top running backs in the SEC with like on your team. And you try to throw a stupid corner route. I mean, it literally looked like he threw the ball out of bounds on purpose. Like That's what it looked like. I was like, dude, all you have to do is run across two-yard line. Devin A. Chain has been getting five yards a carry like all night. Just run, run the ball. Like I would have been less mad if they actually like ran a play that looked like it could work and then not gotten it. Like that, like, you know, have a, de- have a defender come in from the defense and try to open up a hole and push, you know, get get Devin in the end zone. You know, and you win the game, but you run a, run a corner route at the corner of the stupid pylon. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. Dude, I, I was so mad, but <laughs> what, what do you think? Well, and I, I'll say, you know, I, I kind of caught on the tail end of the game. I turned it on in the fourth quarter, and I was like, man, this is actually a pretty good game. And so I, I kept watching it, and then, like you said, Mason, they, they got a gift from God in, in, all, in all seriousness. You know, they got a gift with that uh, pass interference penalty to put them you know, at, right at the goal line on the two-yard line. And then Alabama calls timeout, and you know, give them a chance to set their defense, and A&M, you would just think they're going to run the ball. It's the two-yard line. You know, how many times have, have we seen teams lose games because of that? And instead of – even if you're going to throw the ball, at least, you know, make it a more – uh, a more efficient route than that, you know, kind of trying to throw it at the corner. It doesn't even make any sense. You know, literally, it looked like, like you said, it looked like he stepped back and just threw it away 
for 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 no, I mean, literally no reason. Throw into the end zone. Yeah. Throw into the end zone. It looked like he threw like to the one yard line, and this dude is completely covered. Like throw into the end zone. Make them think you're gonna run it, and then just toss it over the lines. Like it's not difficult, bro. That was just terrible play calling. I don't it know was. who drew that up, but they're they need to be fined like by the school <laughs> if I was them. But yeah, that game just made me so mad, bro, because Bama really gave that game away. I mean, they had three fumbles and one interception from Milrow, the backup quarterback. And obviously that wouldn't have happened if Bryce Young was in. Like they would not have had four turnovers. I mean, Bryce is, you know, it you you didn't have your Heisman who's been running the offense, you know, for a year and a half. So um, I, I'm and I'm being dead serious. Like that that's a huge loss for real. Bryce Young is super talented, but you know they missed two field goals. You're behind four points. You're at the two yard line. Just just run the ball. But anyway, yeah, we got no more time to talk about that, and I'm it's making me mad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so looking at some quick rankings, real quick. Obviously talking about Texas A&M, Bama with as bad as Bama played, and. Bryce Young being hurt. They dropped to three behind Ohio State and Georgia. Georgia obviously jumps back up to one, and all the Ohio State fans are so upset that they did not get the number one spot. My my thing to you is, well, you haven't played nobody. I mean, for real. The top offense that you guys have played all year is 98, number 98, in all of the offenses in college football. Sit down. Like, chill out. Next, (laughs) uh, Tennessee will jump USC for number six. I don't know how I felt about this. Uh, but I, I kind of agree with it just because, I mean, yeah, Tennessee got a number 25 win or top 25 win over LSU at LSU very convincingly. I mean, seriously, it was, I mean, they, Tennessee showed up for sure. Um, t- Tennessee, Tennessee showed up, uh, and USC, USC has not played anybody. They almost lost to Oregon state. They kept it close against Washington state until late in the second half. So I, I, I agree with it. And then 16 BYU, 21 Washington, 25 LSU, all dropping out with, you know, with losses, 100%. That makes sense. Uh, and then Texas, Illinois, which is interesting. And then JMU, uh, who this is their first time ever being ranked in the AP Top 25. They all come in this week. Um, I don't know if I agree with that or not. I think there's maybe some some Power 5 teams that deserve a spot over JMU, but JMU's in the Sun Belt and they're undefeated. So whatever, you know, throw them a bone. Welcome to the top 25, JMU. Um, Illinois, yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. <laughs> cool. Uh, the only really one that I actually, like, I'm super stoked about is Texas. They definitely proved it. 49-0 uh, to zero against Oklahoma. That's that's insane, dude. Like, that's crazy. But you know what time it is now. We moved through the rankings and, and you know, our week six recap. Moving on now to week seven, talking about our game of the week. Like normal, Isaac, tell them. Tell the folks what our game of the week is. All right, uh, Mason, our game of the week is number three, Alabama, at number six, Tennessee, in Knoxville at Neyland at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. I tell you, it's going to be a good one. You know, Tennessee, they're, they're saying they're back. You know, we have yet to see if they are. Um, you know, I, I like I like this game a lot. It's going to be a big heavyweight matchup between two top teams in the, the West and the East. Um, my pick for this one is going to be tough because I don't know, you know, what Bryce Young's status is going to be. With that being said, I'm going to go with the Volunteers. Wow. Yeah, we were, we've were we been talking about this one all week before we did this podcast, and it's really difficult because Saban has given us a lot of different information about Bryce Young being that, you know, with his shoulder being hurt, and, you know, he's been saying all week that, oh, well, he's been getting reps in practice, but, you know, it'll be a game-time decision Saturday, like nobody will know. Uh, 
Isaac, you kind of said that you think that Saban is BSing and you think that Bryce is going to start on Saturday. So let's just say that Bryce does start on Saturday. Does this make this more, like, much more difficult for the Volunteers? Oh, 100%. It makes it loads more difficult because of the fact that I don't think Tennessee, it's just my opinion, I don't think Tennessee can beat Alabama if Bryce plays simply because of the fact that Bryce is such a talented quarterback. But there again, you know, Tennessee's defense looked like looked like a, a you know a, a, a playoff defense against LSU last weekend. Granted, LSU's offensive line is not the best, so you make that argument. Um, if Bryce plays, I think it changes the game. But honestly, I'm I, I don't know, man. It's a tough one. Yeah, it seems like Alabama's defense is, definitely has some holes in their secondary. Texas A&M was able to pass all over them, especially in the long pass. The short pass was a little bit well defended. Uh, but the long pass is what Alabama couldn't get behind, and Hendon Hooker is known for this. So if Hendon Hooker can make p- passes downfield, I don't think there should be an issue. If Bryce Young plays, it'll definitely be a quarterback battle back and forth with the offense. But the thing is, Bryce Young is coming off an injury. If Milrow starts this game, the Volunteers win. If Bryce Young starts this game, the Volunteers win by a close one. I'm picking the Tennessee Volunteers to win this game. Being that it's it's in Neyland, you know, I was really... I was really leaning towards Alabama, especially if Bryce Young starts. But, man, Tennessee looks good, dude. And like I said, as a Georgia fan, I really want Tennessee to lose because I hate Tennessee. And I know you want Tennessee to lose because you want them to, you know, have some payback for getting, you know, beaten down on LSU last week. But still, man, I, I really, I really think that Tennessee has a real shot this year. They haven't beat Alabama. You know, it's crazy. I saw this the other day. It's like nobody has ever called an Uber, made an Instagram post, or made a text message after Vols have after the after Tennessee has beaten Alabama. It's been that long. Tennessee has not beaten Bama in that many years straight. So I think this is the year that Tennessee will take it. So on TBD, even though Joey will not be joining us in a full-time capacity anymore, he still will be making picks. His pick for this game is Alabama. Last week, me and Isaac doubled up on a couple of them and uh, went against Joey and won. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens this week. Moving on to our big Week 7 games. Uh, we got three different undefeated top 15 matchups. This is a really crazy week in college football. The second one that we're going to talk about, number 10, Penn State, and number 5, Michigan, at 12 p.m. Uh, this is going to be an interesting one uh, just because uh, you got two really good quarterbacks, Sean Clifford from Penn State, J.J. McCarthy from Michigan. Uh, the really only difference between the only real difference between these two uh, is an interception. Sean Clifford, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. J.J. McCarthy, nine touchdowns and one interception. Uh, the spread on this game is Michigan by seven. Um, and yeah, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Wolverines in this one. I, I think that I don't think that Penn State will be able to will be able to overcome the Wolverines at home. Uh, their defense is really good. J.J. McCarthy's been showing out. Don't get me wrong. Sean Clifford has, too. I mean, these guys are going to be really close. I mean, these are really, these are two really similar quarterbacks and quarterback play and scheming. Uh, but, I, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think Michigan will pull this out. Yeah, that's a great pick, Mason. I think that it's going to be a great game. You know, I think the momentum is obviously going to be on Michigan's side, being that it's at the big house. It's going to be a really good one, even though Michigan's favored by a touchdown. You know, Penn State has had a great uh, defensive start this season. And I think that spread might be a little bit much, 
But, you know, the ESP and FPI has given Michigan a 73% chance. And my concern for Penn State is, you know, they had, I think, four turnovers against Northwestern the other weekend, a couple of fumbles. And, you know, I don't think you can play this Michigan team and afford those kind of turnovers. And so for that reason, I'm also going to pick the Michigan Wolverines. I think they'll be able to take down Penn State this weekend. Definitely. I mean, I think this is going to be a close game. Don't get me wrong. Like, this is going to be a pretty good game. I mean, because these two teams are, are honestly, uh, I mean, they're, they're both pretty good. Penn State and their biggest win really being at Auburn, 41-12. to uh, Close one again, kind of close one against Northwestern, a team that really sucks 17-7 to uh, last week. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It'll definitely be interesting. You have, you know, Michigan kind of struggling in the first half against Indiana last week, but then came out the next the next game and smoked it so i think that if michigan wins this game pretty convincingly at home they'll definitely jump clemson in the rankings and go back to four next up number 19 kansas at oklahoma at 12 p.m this is also going to be an interesting one the reason i really picked this one is just because you know oklahoma uh wow two and three and kansas four and one with a close loss to tcu last week just making dumb mistakes you know I mean, fumbling the fumbling the ball at the one yard line when you're about to score a touchdown when you try to jump in, just stupid stuff like that. Kansas kept it close. Uh, the thing is, though, is they have lost their quarterback Daniels for the rest of the season. He is out with a shoulder tear, so uh, you know it really makes this one harder to pick. So I'm glad that you're going first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Mason. I, I think this was going to be a good one, also. Um, you know, given that Kansas is going to be without their quarterback, I think it is a a very Interesting, um, a very interesting situation to say the least. You know, Oklahoma has kind of fallen from grace rather quickly. You know, they come from a, a top four CFP team a couple of years ago to, you know, now reeling at, at you know, flirting with the 500 line. Uh, with that being said, Kansas played TCU close last weekend, and I'm going to go with the Jayhawks this weekend. Yeah, dude, this is a really interesting pick, man, and it's hard to. I'm going to go opposite you, though. I'm going to say Oklahoma in this one. They've got a huge chip on their shoulder. You know, after losing three games in a row, they've lost to two purple teams, one orange team. But I think I think they can beat the blue team. I think they can do it. I think <laughs> uh, it's at Oklahoma, which is going to be difficult to play. Um, but no, I, th- I think this is going to be all Oklahoma. If I'm wrong, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to see Oklahoma lose a fourth game or that'd be great. Uh, but I don't think so. I think Oklahoma will win this at home. I really want to pick Kansas here, but I just I just can't bring myself to do it. And joey's pick for this game is kansas so you guys teaming up against me whatever it'll make my record better so you know fine i mean this game really just comes down to whether or not the backup can play well enough for the jayhawks so if he can't then he won't but also they may have an opportunity to do it just because oklahoma's defense is trash so next game this is, this is our third and last undefeated top 15 matchup. This is number eight, Oklahoma State at number 13, TCU at 330. I will be picking this one first. This one uh, is interesting, right, because this is a Big 12 matchup, both teams undefeated. TCU coming in with a 57.6 to win, which is crazy. Uh, I think it's the home field advantage. Uh, this will be a close game, though. Uh, the spread is four in TCU's favor. Uh... Nah, man, this is all the Cowboys. They will cover this spread. They will win by four. Oklahoma State looks too good, man. Defense is, is wilding. Offense is wild. And don't get me wrong, TCU is 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 doing great things, but I think they're going to lose their undefeated streak this week against the Cowboys and Spencer Sanders. Well, that's that's a great pick. I think that all things considered, it's going to be a great game because of the fact, like you mentioned, uh, Oklahoma State, you know, they look good on defense. 
you know, TCU is a very fast team. They're able to get down the field well. Honestly, the spread being four, it's a toss-up either way. Um, but I'm going to have to go with you, Mason. I'm going to pick the Cowboys in this one. I think they'll cover the spread and, and go into uh, go into TCU and get the win. Definitely. I think that this is already going to be a really close game because both these offenses are super high-powered. I mean, they play really well. Max Duggan at TCU, he is an insane quarterback. He makes plays when he needs to. But has he really faced a defense you know, that is able to give him a challenge? And I think that... Oklahoma State definitely can with their defense playing the way that it has been this year. Uh, but I, I think that they can do it. Joey's pick on this one is Oklahoma State as well. So there is a TBD triple pick right there. All right, next up we got number 15, NC State at 18, Syracuse. Now this is a really close ranking matchup, 15, NC State, 18, Syracuse. And Syracuse is undefeated, so there's a lot on the line for them in this game. Uh, Syracuse is actually projected to win this game by the FPI, 58.7%, and the spread is 3.5 in Syracuse's favor. Uh, this one will go to you first. What do you say? Uh, if you want my honest opinion, I think that I think it's, it's uh, interesting that they have given Syracuse so much credit in terms of the FPI and the chance to win. The spread, 3.5, I think that's fair. You know, it's interesting they've given Syracuse this much favor because NC State has played really well so far this season. You know, they played Clemson fairly closely, you know, but NC State also has struggled against some teams they should have handled. You know, they played uh, Florida State close at home. They went into Greenville at East Carolina and only won because of a missed extra point and a missed field goal. So, you know, when you look at the, the fact of how NCC has played, their defense has been good, but they also had a, their quarterback go down, which is why I'm going to go with the Orange this weekend. Man, that is a good freaking pick. That's, that's, that's good. Now, I will argue with you a little bit and say that Syracuse has had some close wins too, man. Uh, just two weeks ago against Virginia, one by, one by two, 22 to zero. And the week before that, got a close one, 32 to 29 against Purdue. So, man, it just really depends. I, I This is a hard one to pick, bro. I, I really want to lean NC State. I really want to pick Syracuse. I'm going to go with you, man. I'm going with the Orange to win this one, dude. I, I think that if they, if they show up and they play, I mean, like you said, because it is fair, right? I mean, both these teams have not played great. It's at Syracuse, which is going to – I mean, Syracuse is a hard place to play. It's hard to play at the Orange home, okay? It is. Uh, so I'm going to go with Syracuse to win this game. Joey is picking NC State. He says that this game could definitely be close, uh, but it really just depends on if the NC State offense wakes up. But his official pick for this game is NC State. So next up, we have Arkansas at BYU at 330. This one I kind of wanted to pick because both of these teams, they haven't fully tanked, don't get me wrong, but they have not had the best season so far with... Arkansas being three and three and BYU being four and two. Arkansas obviously playing in a tougher conference and BYU not playing in a conference at all, being that they're independent. So this one, I think I don't think this is really a no-brainer. I mean, yeah, BYU is pretty good, but Arkansas is going to win this game. Uh, KJ Jefferson is a really good quarterback. Defense is is better than BYU. I think BYU will lose this game. I think it's a great pick. I think it's an interesting pick because of the fact that. You know, BYU has played fairly well against some decent teams this year. You know, they've played well against Baylor. Um, looking back at their schedule here recently, you know, they did lose to Notre Dame, who lost to a couple of teams that they shouldn't have lost to, namely Marshall and Ohio State, and we can, you know, we can debate that. They also got handled by Oregon. Um, I got to say, man, this is a tough one because this one's actually even. 
Uh, there's not really any favor one way or the other outside the FPI that give BYU a 64% chance. But I got to say, even as Arkansas continues to fall, I think I think we pick. I think they're going to get it done this weekend. Absolutely, man. And when it comes to BYU, it's just like, are they good? Are they not good? It's like you said, one weekend they come out and they you know beat Baylor, and the next weekend they come out and lose. I mean, get manhandled by Oregon. So, I mean, if BYU shows up, could they win? Absolutely. Uh, but the fact that they struggled and did not beat Notre Dame last week really shows me that Arkansas has the best chance to win this game between the two. And Joey's pick for this game is, of course, Arkansas. There you go. Another TBD triple pick. This is that that's not it's a no brainer. I think I think Arkansas will look the best on this one. And I'm I mean, I call them to cover the spread. Um, well, there's no spread. It's even. It's even. Oh. Yeah, so this so this game is so close that the spread is even. So yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, next game. This one's uh from my buddy Isaac, but also just because this game is I mean, this this is kind of a classic game. This is at LSU at Florida at 7 p.m. LSU has won the last two straight. Um, luckily, uh, the last three straight. My bad. LSU has won the last three straight, but luckily Florida no longer has Marco. So hopefully, hopefully, no shoes will be thrown this week. And I'm going to let you take this one first, being that it's your team. Well, thank you, Mason. So I think this was going to be a good one. You know, it looks like the spread is Florida by two and a half. However, the FPI on ESPN has given LSU a 62.8% or, you know, 63% chance to win. It's going to be interesting because you've got Brian Kelly at LSU, Billy Napier at Florida. They're both first-year coaches, first time in the SEC. You know, Brian Kelly coming from a decent Notre Dame program. Uh, Billy Napier coming from a pretty strong Sunbelt powerhouse in Lafayette. It's going to be interesting because of the fact that they're, they're first-year coaches in the SEC. Um, you know, LSU Florida has, has traditionally been a, a really close game. You know, I was looking back at the past couple of years, and the past few years have been, each been decided by just a score or so. Uh, last year was uh, was a touchdown. 2020 obviously was the shoe game by a field goal, and I'm, I think I'm going to relive the Cade York days. I'm going to take I'm going to take the Tigers by at least a field goal. They'll cover the spread for sure. Woo! Interesting pick. Yeah, uh, I mean we talk about how this is this is a tough environment to play in. The swamp always is. I mean we saw how bad it was, you know, in the shoe throw game, right? With the with the fog and everything coming in. I mean we barely could tell if Cade York made that field goal. I don't know how we got it right up the uprights when he literally couldn't see. Uh, but that man, I mean, he honestly he's he's one of the, one of the goats like kickers from the SEC. Like he he's Cade York was the man. Um, anyway, yeah, spread being uh, two and a half, um, playing in the swamp. This is a tough game just because uh, you know because it's in the swamp. But Florida, Florida looking a little overrated. Um, you know, barely got by Missouri. I know LSU just got clobbered by Tennessee. No offense, but <laughs> uh, I I'm picking LSU to win this one here. Uh, I don't see any a problem. I think they'll cover the spread. No 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 big deal. They may even win by ten. So I think that's definitely possible. Joey is picking LSU as well with us. So yep, another TBD triple pick. Uh, yeah, cool. It's it's a no brainer. All right, next up. Number four, Clemson at Florida State at 7.30. 
The reason I put this game in here is just because I think a lot of people are going to sleep on this game and kind of give Clemson the ed- like a huge edge over the Seminoles. But we really could see a, a good game here. Florida State has been struggling. Uh, they almost got the win last week against, against NC State. NC State pulled it out after FSU threw an interception in the end zone, which was stupid. That was just bad play calling. They probably should have won that game. Uh, but Florida State... Looking like they could do something against Clemson. Clemson, I would say, is on upset alert at TBD Sportscast this week. Um, do I think Florida State is going to win? I don't know. Let's look at the facts. All right, the facts are that Clemson has a 72.7% chance to win this game in the FPI. But if you look at the spread, the spread is 3.5. Like I'm saying, this game could be close. This game could be really close because it's at Florida State. This is a tough environment to play. The Tigers are 6-0. and Florida State Seminoles 4-2. and And you know what? I think, I really think that Florida State could pull this out, but they won't. Clemson's going to win. Hit the Uno reverse, baby. Clemson by seven, I think. Yeah, Clemson by by a touchdown, maybe more. Um, Defense is just too good, and I I just don't see it happening. I really think that Clemson will pull this one out. I think this will be a good one. You know, part of me wants to go with the Seminoles just because one of my colleagues is a a Florida State fan. He's actually from Tallahassee, and he's going to be there this weekend. Um, but you know, all things considered, they're giving Clemson a big shot on the FPI. The spread, you know, is less than uh, less than four. It's at three and a half. You know, Florida State's looked decent at times this year. You know, they did beat LSU earlier in the year, but Clemson, man, they they've been strong all year. Um, you know, um, Doak Campbell Field being a pretty tough place to play. But all things considered, this is a big ACC matchup. That's why I want to have to go with the Tigers this weekend, also. Definitely, it, it, it's Clemson all the way, man. I mean, I I will probably be. I'll probably be pulling for FSU. Like I definitely think that they could pull it off. It'll be close, but I think that Clemson will walk out of walk out of Dope Campbell with the dub. Uh, and Joey, of course, go Tigers. I mean, not for me. That's for him. <laughs> He's picking Clemson. <laughs> Another TBD triple pick. Get the frame in there. All right. Uh, Next to last game, this one is another interesting one just because the SEC uh, ranked matchup. Number 16, Mississippi State at number 22, Kentucky. This game is interesting, all right, because Will Levis will most likely be out this game. Will Rogers, who has broken the all-time pass record, he broke Aaron Murray's record in about 30 less games. Uh, so Will, Will, Will Rogers can do it. Um, but, of course, it is your turn to pick, so... You go. <laughs> All right, Mason. Well, you know, this one this one's gonna be a close one. You know, the spread's only four. Um, they're giving Mississippi State approximately a sixty percent chance at fifty nine point eight percent chance to win in Lexington this weekend. Kentucky, man, it's been a, a tough, a tough atmosphere. You know, they they also waxed LSU last year. Uh Kentucky's building a program there, man. Mark Stoops, they've been doing well. But I, I just gotta say, you know, Mississippi State, you can't sleep on them. Mike Leach's offense and Will Rogers, he's a great quarterback and you know, I was looking at it the other night, and, and Will Rogers has uh, over 70% completion percentage on the season. And he's already thrown for over 2,100 yards. I got to tell you, man, he's got a 7-to-1 touchdown to interception ratio. I'm going to have to go with the Bulldogs this weekend. I think they go into Lexington and get it done. Yeah, man, Will Rogers, he's he's a great quarterback, okay? Like, just you, like, I'll show you my fantasy team. This dude gets me racks on racks of points every week. Yes, college fantasy football does exist through, a, through an app called Fantrax. Love them. We're not sponsored by or anything, but it's really cool that you know we get to enjoy fantasy football uh, through the college level. Because I hate the NFL, and most of us do too. So <laughs> um, go Dirty Birds, go Falcons. But <laughs> even though we suck, uh, but no, 
this is this is gonna you know what you said it's gonna be a close one i don't even think it's gonna be close mississippi state all the way i think they'll cover the spread more dude i th- i mean without will if they don't have will levis i mean look look i mean they just lost to south carolina dude like they lost to south carolina at home without will levis that's fair the, and and then they lost with low will levis to Ole miss who is known for not having a defense uh now there were some questionable calls in that game obviously like a missed targeting call on will levis uh, but without Will Levis, Mississippi State will win this game. I, I don't even think it'll be close. I think it'll be by like 14. I think they're going to run away with it. Uh, I mean, Kentucky has defense, but not even they don't even really have defense. I mean, dude, they lost to South Carolina by like 14 points. So, uh, no, I don't think it's going to happen. Or 10 points, excuse me, but no. And Joey's pick for that game is Kentucky. He's going opposite of us. Dude, I don't think that you're making the right decision, Joey, because uh, Kentucky is definitely going to lose this game. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but whatever your pick records can suffer and i'll get ahead again Woohoo! all right all right our last game this is a ranked pac-12 matchup number seven usc at number 20 utah i'm obviously hoping one of these teams loses and it's not utah <laughs> uh this is uh this is kind of interesting though being that utah is number 20 and they have the edge in this game i guess because it's at home the S- the espn fpi 61.6 percent and the spread being in their favor at three and a half uh, man, this is a tough one, dude, because Utah's lost two games and USC's undefeated, but the other thing is is USC ain't played nobody. Uh, you could say that maybe UCLA for Utah was the trap game last week, uh, but I don't know, man. I mean, it wasn't even really close, but the thing is, USC, like I said, they almost lost to Oregon State. They haven't really played anybody, uh, so it's, it's really hard to tell whether or not that they're 6-0. and I mean, don't get me wrong. Their offense is great. Caleb Williams is, is crazy talented, but I think I got I I I, I to go with the Utes on this one, man. It's at home. Uh, defense is loaded. Cameron Rising is a good quarterback, um, but no, I, don't, I, I think that I think that Utah will pull this one out against USC. Yeah, I think it's a great pick. I think Utah has a great program. Um, you know, the Pac-12 obviously not anywhere near SEC caliber, but you look at this Utah team that you know opening week they went into the swamp and, and lost on a questionable passing call. I would have ran the ball. They ran the ball really well in the second half of that game. But needless to say, they passed the ball. They obviously got picked off in Florida one. Um, Utah looking good. You know they've got the edge. And USC obviously being undefeated, looking for a seventh straight win against Utah. But I don't think they'll get it this weekend. I think Utah will put an end to USC's undefeated streak. And I'm going with the Utes. Yes, let's go, man. I hope USC loses, dude. I just think they're overrated and overranked, man. If they can get past Utah at home, maybe I'll give them. I'll throw a little respect on them. But until then, man, I really don't have much respect for the Pac-12 anyway. So, no. They have a snake for a coach, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Joey's pick is USC, so he's going opposite of us, man. There's a lot of opposite going on here with us, man. I'm cool with it, though, because that means that I'm just going to make my record better and get ahead. So I'm you know, I'm, I'm hoping that it happens. Uh, because we're bringing Isaac in permanently, we're going to have to like average his record versus ours so it kind of goes out evenly. So maybe we'll start doing percentages for overall, and we'll you know, just do our actual pick record for a week. But, yeah, that's our podcast. I mean, it's been great to talk about college football uh, and I'm, I'm excited for this new endeavor with my brother Isaac, you know, uh, both, you know, ex- super excited to be sharing the gospel and talking about football on TBD Sportscast. And speaking of sharing the gospel, no matter what team you pull for, if you're on God's side, you're always on the winning team. John 3.16 tells us that for God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's the truth. That's the gospel. You are a sinner. You do need to be saved. 
for your sin. God sent his only son to die for you, to pay the debt that you owed, and now you can be free if you decide to trust in Jesus. We want our listeners to trust in Jesus. We want them to be saved through the power and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And just know that he loves you, I promise you. If you ever need to talk about that or talk about anything you're struggling with, you can always reach out to us. Hit us up on our Instagram DM or Facebook Messenger. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment on this YouTube video. We'll we'll reach out, I promise, because we're praying for our listeners. And like we've said a lot, uh, salvation in Jesus Christ is very close to the heart of TBD Sportscast, and we want all of our listeners to know the truth of the gospel, that Jesus loves you, he died for you, and he wants a relationship with you. If you don't have him, I promise you need him. But that's our podcast. We're super excited about this new endeavor. Thank you so much, Isaac, for being on. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Thank you, Mason. Appreciate it. See you guys later. Bye-bye.